This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Love Brand You, the show about personal branding, how your values, beliefs, and actions help you define and discover your calling and the evolution of you and your brand. I'm your host, Sam Rafus. On today's show, we are talking about customer experience. Oftentimes, we think of customer service and customer experience being one and the same. Today, we are going to delve deeper into what the two really are. And in simple terms, customer service is actually part of the customer experience. Most often, you think of customer service as solving a problem or complaint. This is a reactive experience, whereas customer's experience with you is a proactive approach. On this show, we often talk about core values that drive your brand. And here in an article from last summer from entrepreneur.com, Aaron Westman, the CEO of Video, keeping the human element in digital customer experience. And I just want to read a quote from his article that I found quite interesting and I thought you might enjoy. Whether she is a baby boomer, Gen Xer, or millennial, no customer likes to feel anonymous or that the brand she is supporting is unnecessarily faceless in a time when we have so much incredible technology that gives us a ton of access to anything and anyone. Again, leading brands today are increasingly seeing that a special attentive customer experience can be a key differentiator in a time when we may be more, when it may be more difficult for people to see what makes one bank or credit union any different than another. Keeping the human element in digital customer experience can give your customers a sense of inclusion and transparency that they can genuinely appreciate. Today, we are going to talk more about customer experience with my guest, Lauren Pibworth. Let me introduce you to Lauren. Lauren is a branding and marketing strategist and the founder of Pibworth Professional Solutions. She has been helping speakers get on more stages for over 10 years. Lauren and her team work exclusively with professional speakers to provide the branding and marketing support that they need to help meeting planners and decision makers say yes more often. She fell in love with branding when the company she worked for underwent a brand overhaul and Lauren saw the effects as they trickled down into that organization. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm happy that you can share your time with us today. (laughs) So I know that you and I could talk marketing, branding, all of this customer experience and loyalty and and anything about branding and marketing for our hours, but we don't have that much time today, so let's get right into it. Start us off by sharing your backstory and why you do what you do. 
Well, you kind of touched on it a little bit in the introduction and that I fell in love with branding and marketing when a company I worked for bought a new line of products with a much higher perceived value than the products we were originally selling. So um, all of a sudden, we've got this whole this whole new area that we we needed to sell, and I watched number one the the look of the posters and everything change, which was one thing. I mean, that's we we went from font A to font B, yeah, whatever. But all of a sudden. The way that, um, and I'll I'll just share with you, it, it, it was in in the wine industry. In my in my previous life, I was a sommelier, and I taught food and wine and flavor. So it was in it was in in the wine industry that this happened. But all of a sudden, we went from, you know, just kind of handing them the bottle and say, yeah, this is kind of like French wine, to um, holding the bottle with reverence and presenting it to the client, and our language changed. We started to talk about what this would be served with and we used that sexy language of wine and it was a completely different experience um the the whole feeling in the stores changed and i was just fascinated about how just this one thing com- could completely overtake the organization and when i ended up leaving the wine industry and stepped into the marketing and branding world um i worked for a a large company in downtown toronto um i really really got to see the behind the scenes branding the um you know how we developed our target clients and all of that stuff and it just started me on this path that has kept me rolling for well I've been in business for myself over 10 years now doing this plus the time that I spent in the advertising agency so it was just it just completely changed how I looked at things you you just you talked about the change in going from you know what that wine company was doing and then you changed into you know really into the customer experience and what i find is that is is part of the customer experience because you you went more to a luxury brand is that absolutely true um, and it just it was interesting to watch people who were the same people just completely react differently to the product that they were selling therefore they created an entirely different experience for the same customers that were coming into the store it was just it was fascinating to watch that evolution and was the price different like prior to that when people came in to buy a bottle of wine was it say ten dollars and then with the evolution of the brand were they charging more with it with that more luxury feel a little bit more. Um, the 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 new brand was more expensive, but it also bumped up the price of what we had originally been selling. So it completely elevated the 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 entire um, line of products. And that's what happens with the customer experience and branding, because Absolutely. you you can't be all things to all people. You can't be cheap and fast and then be luxurious and. Um, I can't think of the other word. Anyway, so what are your core values that drive your brand? Well, you know, my mom always told me to do what you say, what you say you're going to do. And that, <laughs> it, it sounds so simple, but that is one of my core values. Um, I also really have 
a servant's heart. Um, I thrive on making people happy. And I know my target market well. And I know that their number one thing that they love to do is speak. If they could show up and speak and everything else happened magically, then that would be a dream situation for them. For that to happen, I really need to be good at what I do. I need to surround myself with a team to handle every possible situation. And I know that all work and no play makes Jack a very dull boy. So, um, and I'll tell you, when I first started the business, I got some really awesome advice from someone because I, I fell into the trap that so many um, professionals fall into. And I, I kind of lost my personality in my, I am a professional. This is what I, this is what I present. How awesome <laughs> I am. And <laughs> someone said to me, Lauren, you know, you've got an amazing smile. People would buy more if you smiled more. And it just clicked. All of a sudden, I could be myself and still be, um, still be a professional. So I try to infuse humor and fun into everything that I do. So those three things really are the cornerstone to the brand experience I create for my, for my clients. If I say it'll be done, it will. And I will make it as fun and easy for you as humanly possible. I, I really like that. I, I'm sitting here thinking as a speaker, yeah, I, I would like that. I would like to know that whoever I've got helping me can make it easier for me and make it fun. But the one thing that I look for in service providers is if I ask for something or pay for something, I do want it done. So it, it, it lets you down when somebody drops the ball. And the last thing that speakers or, you know, for your audience, anyone, anyone that you serve, the last thing that they want is someone to let them down. So that's number one, deliver what you say you're going to deliver. And then for me, have fun doing it. it nice. <laughs> and it, it sounds simple. It sounds simple, but it's not. And that's why you take the time to find out who, who it is you deliver to, who is your actual customer, who is your actual client. I was speaking on the weekend to a group of entrepreneurs and I said the most critical thing that you need as starting out women, you're still starting out basics, is who is your client? Who are you serving? You can't have a business that just serves everyone. And I, I know we talk about that with many of the guests. I know you and I probably talk about it with many of our clients, yep. but it's still the key factor. Yeah, absolutely. And once you figure out who you want to talk to, you've got to really understand what their issues are. Not only what is the problem that you solve, but what are the symptoms of the problem that you solve? Because most people don't understand what the problem is. They just know the symptoms of the problem and they need you to help them understand what the problem is. Got it. Okay, so you talk a lot about your customer experience when it comes to branding. And I know that you recently spoke and exhibited at our uh, CAPS National Conference 
I, you focus on the customer experience during that time while you were there. I want you to tell us more about it, but we have to take a break. So let's take a break and then get into sharing that with us when, I, when we come back. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the eWomen Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and join our Speakers Network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. Go to eWomenNetwork.com. We're back. So, Lauren, before the break, we were talking about your experience at the National Conference uh, just here before Christmas. Tell us about what happened there for you and and what we can take away from it. What insights can you give us? Absolutely. And um, it was interesting because I had not, I've done, you know, the little table thing when I exhibited at, at conferences before, but I've never done the full booth weekend experience. So it was, it was really the first time for me. So I wanted to, I had two main goals. Yes, I was speaking, and I was speaking on how to build a customer website um, that makes makes meeting planners say yes. So I was I was focusing on that. I knew what I wanted to sell, but what I really wanted to showcase during the booth was actually the experience of working with me, because. Um, my myself, like most of most of your listeners, there's lots and lots of people who are capable of doing what we do. And there are people who are capable of doing it maybe better and people who do it not quite as well. And there are people who are more expensive and there are people who are less expensive. So the one, th- the, for me, the one determining factor when people are making a decision to buy from me is the experience. That, that's really all I have that's truly unique. So I wanted to showcase the fun and I wanted to showcase the brains. Those, those were the two things. So when I built my booth, um, I showcased the fun by actually adding a, uh, a photo booth 
element to it. But it wasn't just a normal photo booth because I thought very carefully about who my target client was and who was actually at the conference. It was the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. So what, what would be fun for speakers? So I actually got one of those old-fashioned retro um, microphones. You know the ones they used to use when they would grab the, the phone, yes. and grab, the, grab the microphone and speak into it and that, that old-fashioned rock and roll microphone? Well, I brought that. And I brought a bunch of fun things to play with. And I had a, a red velvet curtain as part of my booth. So we did photo ops for newer speakers. They actually pretended they were speaking um, at a conference. And we got a bunch of shots that, you know, on stage at CAPS, which was true. But they got shots that they could use in their marketing material and stuff like that. So I provided a really high value. But there was also the opportunity to play and have fun. So we had, I had everything from funny hats and glasses to, um, you know, I did signs that say caps rocks and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, so that really helped showcase the fun. I also wanted to build my brand um, visibility and build my, my social media. So while we took all these amazing photos, and I had a helper who did that for me, um, everything was uploaded to a private album on my Facebook page. And of course, you had to like the Facebook page so we could tag you. Um, so it grew my list, and we added the Pipworth and the Caps branding to all of the photos, so that really helped the association reach more people because all of a sudden, all these people at the conference were sharing pictures with the Caps logo, also happened to have the Pibworth logo. Um, so we really, we really focused in on that. And as far as the brains, um, the, the messaging in the booth was all about um, it's so much more than just websites. And we talked about the fact that your, mar that your website is not a marketing plan. Your website is a, an, an element in your marketing plan, but it's not your plan. So they had fun and they played, but they also had an opportunity to book a consult with me to, to really understand the strategy behind what, why they need to do these certain, these different things. Um, and the feedback that I got is, man, that was fun. And you really know what you're doing. So it, I, I really managed to encapsulate those two things during the experience. And, but I, I laid out what my goals were before I did it. I laid out how I wanted to do them. And I monitored the, the success as I, as I went back and forth um, and tweaked things up. And I changed my conversation. And at one point, um, I found that they were having a little bit too much fun. So I kept the the microphone and everything but I took away the props right the props were there for the Friday night celebration the Saturday and then the Sunday and Monday we were there to talk business so it was really an, a matter of listening to the client and then deciding what I wanted to do in order to represent my experience well as I was listening to you describing that I could I could put myself there I, I know a lot of people that were there and have been hearing the feedback, but what, what I get out of that is exactly what I continue to say to clients as well, that 
you will attract the people that want to work with you. So throughout that whole conference, you know, how many people were there? Hundreds of people are there. Yeah. What your booth does, because you have clearly articulated who you are and who you work with, what it does is it attracts the people to you that want to know more, or this does look like fun, or, you know, I want to learn more about Lauren and her services. But what it also does is says to the people that that is not important to them, that it's not um, how they do business. So it also helps them say, you know what, that looks, you know, that looks okay, but I'm not interested. And I say that so many times that when you, you get, really clear about who it is you're serving and providing your excellence, then you attract people because you're not selling them all in that moment. You don't go from meeting to, to sale. And I think this is where, you know, especially uh, up and coming or new entrepreneurs and, and again, referring to the group that I spoke to the other day, the, the one young woman at the end, she said, I got the aha. So I am not chasing customers, I'm attracting them to me. And I didn't even use those words exactly, but she got it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting is there was another um, marketing agency specific for speakers exhibiting right beside me, offering almost exactly the same services. And he had people at his booth and I had people at mine and they didn't cross he is a very nuts and bolts down to business. This is what I do. Here's what I offer. Let's go. Very, very down to business. Where I'm, whereas my mine is much more relational. Um, my, I mean, my hashtag on Facebook is Pibworth Hugs, and I'm known for the soft, squishy, awesome hugs that I give. That's part of the brand experience. And he's known for, look, do you want results or not? Let's go. He's a much more, it's not tactical, but it, it, it's, it's, he's, he's not worried about relation because his people, he builds it for them and then he moves on. My clients stay with me. I've had clients who've been, been with me for seven years. They want something different than, than what he's given. And when you talk about not necessarily selling immediately, one of my favorite analogies for that is dating. You don't yeah. walk into a first date with someone and ask the woman if she's fertile. Yeah. You just don't, you know, <laughs> or Hey, I'm here to meet you. When's our wedding? Yeah. You just, there are, there are, there are steps involved in relationship and whether it is online, offline, no matter what, if you look at a sales conversation as a relationship, then you don't start with, here's what I do. Because it's the fastest way you're going to repel yeah. someone. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. So we've, we've come up with what works, what works yep. for you, what works for the customer experience. Share with us what's an obstacle that you've had to overcome. Well, as I mentioned, I've been in business for 10 years now. And for me, one of the biggest obstacles I faced was the tipping point in my business. So how do I, um, how do I actually 
stop doing everything myself? I, mean, I have a team. How do I stop doing everything myself and find a way to integrate the team and have them do things for me? So, and there's, it's, what's interesting is there's multiple tipping points in, in your business. When For the first two or three years, I did everything. And then I decided I either had to stop taking on new clients or stop doing the level of stuff because, you know, I don't know how to code and I don't want to know how to code, but my clients really needed custom code in their websites. So I either had to stop taking those people or find someone who could do that and build, build a team. So the, the tipping point was the original building of the team. And now the tipping point is, um, that I'm currently experiencing is I'm actually at a point where I need to stop doing the majority of the work and just do the strategy and let my project managers who I've been training for the last five years, let them step up and into their role fully so that I can only do, you know, this much. My, my role in my business now is selling, marketing, speaking, um, and, um, the, the high-end strategy to get the, the clients ready to begin the, their marketing plan. Once they start working with us, of course I keep tabs on everything, but they don't, they don't, I'm not in charge of that. The other members of my team are in charge of that. And that tipping point is a, you hit it multiple times as your business grows, but how do I, how do I delegate well still maintain my customer experience because, you know, those people who've had me as their project manager for the last seven years need to feel just as cared for and loved with their new project manager. So how do I train that into my employees? That, that whole feeling was just, yeah, that was probably my biggest obstacle for sure. And it is tough for us entrepreneurs. I, I go through the same thing. And I have a couple of contractors that I utilize. And sometimes it, it's hard because you are spreading yourself too thin. And then you have to look at it and go, wait a second. I've got good people. Is this something that I really need to be taking on? And when I, I'm on the eWomen Network, so we're on the eWomen podcast yeah. platform. So I listen all the time, of course, to the founder, Sandra Yancey. And on our calls, her consistent message is you as the leaders of your business are only to be doing what only you can do. If you have people, then either, you know, trust your people or get rid of them. You know, yeah. hire, hire your people, trust that they'll do what they're supposed to do, and you stay in your zone of brilliance. And that's... Absolutely. That's such a good reminder. <laughs> and, and the other thing is that to, to spend the time creating the systems so that there never is, oh, well, you never told me that, right? So every step of our client processes, like building a newsletter, um, maintaining the website, it's all documented process. So if one member of my team is ill and unable to do the work, well, the step-by-step -step how to do it is in the client folder. So another member can step in and, and do that. The other thing is understanding that they may not, 
They may not do it exactly, like especially with project management, yes. they may not do it exactly the way you do it. But as long as the client is happy and the work is done and we've done what we said we were going to do, you just have to let go of the how. Yes. And it's such a good reminder to those of us that, that do run our own businesses. And when I think back to the times that I've worked in corporations or different jobs along the way, and no one that I know of, and including me, and, and probably entrepreneurs are the biggest culprits, but we don't like to be micromanaged. So if we don't like to be micromanaged and checked everything along the way, did you do that? Did you do that? Did you get that right? then we can't micromanage our people if we are going to give the level of customer service, customer experience that we say we do. Absolutely. I like it. Okay. What is one of your best daily habits? This is a question that I ask all my guests because we're entrepreneurs and we need to be focused. We need to be uh, having energy. We need to be healthy. What's one of your best daily habits? Um, and it's funny. One of my best daily habits is communication. Because we do what we say we're going to do, and because there's now so many moving parts with multiple team members and dozens of clients, communication is the absolute number one thing that keeps my business going. So we need our project managers to stay on top of everything. So we use software to keep that going, but we also talk to each other, not just email yeah. that, that, that we pick up the phone. If the, if we asked a question and it wasn't answered in the, in the, in the next email, we pick up the phone. We don't go back and forth and yeah. waste time away. Um, but we also play together. I think that's really, really key is we, we go out for lunch, we laugh, and I actually offer coaching and strategies for them to use to grow their own businesses because these are not employees, these are contractors that, that I'm working with. So, um, you know, I want to make sure that I build a culture where the, the, uh, the employees are, are happy to stay with me. I mean, that's one of the big complaints with people who use contractors that, that they've got a, um, you know, a, a constant flow of people into the business. I've had contractors with me for 10 years and they, they stay because they have fun and they do good work. And I only work with nice people. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what I say to people too. And again, you get to attract who you want to work with just as much as you're seeking clients. For me, For sure. it, it's not just them interviewing me, whether they want to work with me. Whenever I'm talking to someone, I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, am I going to enjoy the process with this client? Do they have enough uh, on their checklist? Because I go through a checklist with my clients. And say, you know, if you can check most of these ideal client profile um, statements off, then chances are we are a good fit. And sometimes people aren't a good fit, and that's okay too. Absolutely, because you can't you can't deliver um, your best work for someone that doesn't excite you. I, I, at least I can't. Yeah, exactly. It, by the work that you're doing 
and the way you're doing it, then in all integrity, I can't work with you because I have to be jumping around and excited about everything you do or the copy is not going to come through and the brand is not going to come through. And it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to get you the results that you want, which then ultimately hurts my brand. Exactly. And unhappy clients hurt your brand. Yes. And I often say you're not doing your clients any favors if you agree to everything they want, because if they don't get what they want and you know that maybe it's not the way to go, then they still blame you if you go along with it. So if you, if you as the coach, the consultant, the, the expert have to be able to say, well, in my experience, this is what I believe you should do, or this is what I believe you shouldn't do. You can't just, say you'll deliver everything that they want. No. And and you shouldn't. You 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 just you just shouldn't because most people don't know what they don't know. That's why they hire marketing experts. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. How can our listeners connect with you? Well, there's two ways. If they just want to learn more about marketing, um, then I suggest they head over to my website at Pibworth PS dot com um, and download my free report on 10 ways to get hired more um, or if they're ready to have a conversation then they can just click on the book a book a consultant link that's on the site and they'll get into my calendar immediately perfect uh, lastly give us your best parting words of wisdom I'd say my business is 95% referral and that's because my clients can't wait to tell their friends how much they love us. I'm the marketing agency that has never really had to market. So referrals are the highest quality and least expensive lead you can get in your business. So if you focus on building, refining, and, communi- and communicating your brand experience, you can watch your marketing dollar spend go down and your results skyrocket. I categorically have to agree (laughs) absolutely Uh, I love referrals too okay listeners head on over to pibworthps.com okay you can download uh, Lauren's offer there you can set up your consultation with her if you like Lauren thank you thanks for being on the show you are very welcome it was my absolute pleasure All right, Lauren, thank you again. This is Sam Rafis. Head on over to iTunes if you want to subscribe to Love Brand You. If you like what you've heard or have a comment on today's show, I'd appreciate it if you took took a moment and left a review. I'm your host, Sam Rafis, and until next time, keep sharing the love. Podcast Network.